What is up, guys? It's Alex Johnson here, the founder and lead analyst at YardsPerFantasy.com. Welcome to the 51st episode of the Feed Me Fantasy podcast. Let's eat. It's finally draft season. And I'm not talking about the NFL draft. I'm talking basketball. Specifically on underdog. I mean, who made the rule that August is draft season anyway? Fuck that. I'm drafting now. Best Ball Mania launched this week where the winner takes home $1 million. Their largest grand prize in the best ball tournament ever. I'm taking that shit home. I love their $3 drafts too. Like how cool is that? I can literally literally draft whenever I want for just $3. You know what I love most about best ball is? No waivers. Just draft, baby. Just draft. That's the best part. It's the best part of fantasy. Right? We all know it. And as the years go by, I find myself hating the weekly waiver wire shit more and more and more and more. Especially as I become more involved as an analyst. I don't have time for that shit. And it's kept me from joining too many leagues. Which sucks because I love to draft. But with best ball, I don't have to worry about that. I get to do the fun part and leave out the rest. And if you somehow haven't signed up on Underdog yet, use promo code YARDSPER, that's all one word, YARDSPER, to let them know I sent you. And if you want to draft against me, you can. I've set up a few private drafts and posted the links at yardsperfantasy.com leagues. Just click the link and join the league and we'll start drafting as soon as it fills. I'm doing some fast drafts and some slow drafts so there's something for everyone no matter what your schedule is. I personally prefer the slow drafts, honestly. And as soon as each league fills, I'll start more and more and add the fresh links to the page. And I'll be doing that all summer long. And while you're on the page, yardsperfantasy.com leagues, join one of our new dynasty leagues too. We have both one quarterback and superflex dynasty leagues and we'll be drafting as soon as they fill. I know you all have draft fever. So do I. So come join a league and see if you can beat me. Spoiler alert, I doubt it. But enough about that. Let's talk about the draft. Man, at one point I thought this class was going to be really good. Not 2020 good, but good. But as we went through disappointing pro day after disappointing pro day, it became apparent that this class is not as strong as I initially thought. And that became even more clear during the draft. Teams just aren't valuing some of these players. But I'll get into some some of these prospects on future episodes. Today I actually want to talk about the veterans who were impacted by the draft. The incumbents who either gained or lost value because of things that did or didn't happen during the draft. This isn't a deep dive, but more of just providing a different way to look at things and how they'll impact our fantasy teams. So you want the good news or the bad news first? Uh, let's let's go let's go good. I'm a pretty positive guy, so let's start with the winners. Mike Davis was a massive winner. The Falcons opted not to add any backfield competition during the draft. They did pick up Javian Hawkins as an undrafted free agent, but the fact that they didn't use any draft capital on the position indicates they're really comfortable going with Davis as the guy. We like Hawkins. I talked about him on episode 37. He does pose a threat as a satellite back. 
However, however, we saw what Davis can do when given the opportunity to be the RB1 in Carolina last year, and the dude never came off the field. He had multiple games with 8, 9, 10 targets, and finished as the top 24 back 8 times, including the overall RB1 in Week 5 against, you guessed it, Atlanta. Davis is locked into a top 20 rank among running backs. Similar to Davis' Dolphins running back Miles Gaskin. The team drafted a running back, but not until the 7th round, so again, they're showing us they're cool with what they have. Gaskin was a top 10 in opportunity share and snap share last year, and is in line for a similar workload in 2021. He was one of the more efficient pass catchers at the running back position last year, too. If you bought Gaskin this offseason or had the balls to hang on to him through the draft, you should be feeling pretty good about that right about now. How about Chase Edmonds? I love Chase Edmonds. He was a big winner here. He's in line for a significant workload, especially in the passing game. A washed-up James Conner is all he has to compete with. We've seen what Edmonds can do when given the chance, and I expect an RB2 season from him in 2021. The Titans drafted Des Fitzpatrick, but he's not on the list of rookies who will come in and command any sort of significant target share. A.J. Brown is a passing game in Tennessee. He is the passing game. Josh Reynolds will be the wide receiver too, and Anthony Ferkser, another big winner here, will be second in line for targets. Brown is in line to be this year's Devontae Adams, and Ferkser, a top 15 tight end with John O. Smith out of the picture. I'm drafting both of these guys with high expectations. The Panthers traded away Teddy Bridgewater, then passed on a quarterback at 8, clearing the way for Sam Darnold to be the guy in 2021. He's another winner here. Then they subsequently picked up his fifth-year option and added LSU wide receiver Terrace Marshall in the second round. He may not be the long-term answer, but Carolina made it clear they're going to give every opportunity to Darnold to jumpstart his career. He has DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey, David Moore, and Marshall, among others like Ian Thomas. If you held on to Darnold in Superflex Leagues, it's really paying off right about now. Like A.J. Brown in Tennessee, T.J. Hawkinson is the passing game in Detroit. He's it. Yeah, they added Armand Ross St. Brown in the fourth, and hopefully he'll start in the slot. But Hawkinson is by far and away the number one option in the whole offense, other than DeAndre Swift. It's going to be a bad team. They'll be passing a ton, setting up easy throws over the middle for Jared Goff, and it's going to be Hawkinson, Hawkinson, Hawkinson. Remember what Tyler Higby did at the end of 2019? Tyler fucking Higby? Now imagine that with TJ Hawkinson. Oh, baby. How about my boy Traquan Smith? Emmanuel Sanders is out of town, and the Saints added nobody. Smith will be the wide receiver, too, with Jameis Winston at quarterback. That's a good thing. We saw what happened with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin with Winston at quarterback. So Smith has a chance to finally hit that breakout. What about the losers? We'll start with the obvious and that's James Robinson. We warned you all offseason to sell, sell, sell James Robinson. I hope you listened. And it's not that I hate James Robinson the player. I don't. At all. And actually, I think he's really good. He was awesome last year. But he was an undrafted free agent 
and draft capital matters to NFL teams. It's not just about player evaluation. You have to understand the minds of these NFL teams. Draft capital really, really, really matters to them. And the Jaguars regime has zero ties to him. They brought in a whole new regime. The warning signs were there. You had your chance. I hope you sold. Sure, Urban Meyer says Travis Travis Etienne's going to be the third down back. That's a load of crap. In that same breath, he lumped Robinson in with Carlos Hyde as if they're equals. What does that tell you? Etienne may not be the feature guy day one, but he's going to have a role on passing downs and eventually take over that backfield. T. Higgins is a bit of a loser, too. Not in that he's going to be irrelevant. I still like him. In fact, he'll probably be a value. But he lost the number one job. He had a chance to be the alpha with a healthy Joe Burrow, but that goes away with Jamar Chase in the picture. And Melvin Gordon is an obvious loser. I tweeted about a month before the draft a list of running backs whose value would crater if their teams took a running back with significant draft capital, and Gordon was on that list. Pretty high up there, I think. And here we are. This is going to be Javante Williams' backfield sooner than later. You don't trade up in the early second round for, for backup running back. Even if they split the backfield in 2021, it's still a loss for Gordon. Sticking in Denver, the Broncos wide receivers are losers. Not personally. Just, you know, from a fantasy perspective. We hoped they would get a quarterback upgrade with Fields, Lance, or even Mac Jones. But instead they passed and went defense at number 9. With Sutton coming back, that offense is a quarterback upgrade away from being one of the best offenses in the league. And hey, maybe they pull off a trade for Aaron Rodgers. But for now, this is a loss for all those guys. And finally, we have Hayden Hurst. He's toast. The Falcons used the fourth overall pick on the best tight end prospect we've seen in a long time. Maybe ever. Pitts is going to come in and take over the tight end one job from day one. That's going to be a wrap for today, though. Just a quick rundown of some of the guys I was thinking about after the draft. I'll be back with another episode next week. I've got some good stuff planned for the next few shows. We'll talk about Trey Sermon's impact in San Francisco and Michael Carter with the Jets. I even have some strategy stuff planned. I want to go over my, my, my best rookie draft tips and some dynasty strategy stuff too. But in the meantime, if you're not already, please follow me on Twitter at A underscore Johnson FF and the site at Yards Per. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Also, please be sure to rate and review. It really helps me out a lot and is much appreciated. And go download the Yards Per Fantasy app right now and give us a five-star rating and review over there too. Thanks, guys. Cue that music.